0: This is Mayo Clinic Talks, a curated weekly podcast for physicians and healthcare providers. I'm your host, Daryl Chutka, a general internist at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Macular degeneration is the most common cause of vision loss in individuals over the age of 50. And the central loss of vision can really change an individual's lifestyle, and they may no longer be able to read, write, or even drive. At the present time, it's thought to affect more than 190 million people around the world, and this number is expected to increase as our population grows older. It's seen equally in males and females and tends to be more common in those with North American or European ancestry. So we'll talk about macular degeneration, its causes, treatment, and whether there are any known preventive strategies with Dr. Sophie Bakri, an ophthalmologist at the Mayo Clinic. Sophie, welcome, and thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Daryl. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, as a geriatrician, I have seen so many patients with macular degeneration, and almost every one of them, it's just been so frustrating to them because they've had to give up so many things that they really enjoy doing. Let's talk a little bit about what's actually going on in the eye. What pathology is happening to them?
1: So macular degeneration is really an aging condition of the retina. It affects people over the age of 55. And when patients get early macular degeneration, they have these spots under the retina known as drusen, which look like tiny little rocks under the retina. And so that would be called the dry macular degeneration. It's when you get drusen, but also you get patches of the retina that just don't work as well, where the cells are dying off. And then what may happen in some patients, but not all, is you can also get the wet kind of macular degeneration. And that's when the body is making a new unwanted blood vessel, and those blood vessels can leak or they can bleed, and patients can lose vision from the wet kind as well.
0: Now, these patients typically get central vision loss, and our macula is responsible for our central vision. Doesn't drusen occur in the periphery of the retina as well?
1: That's a great question, uh, Dr. Chukka. Yes, you can have some peripheral drusen. They are typically of no consequence. What we talk about with macular degeneration is, is really just macular drusen. And you know, many uh, times, drusen just don't affect the vision. They're just there. But you can see symptoms from drusen if they are really close to the center, for example, in the fovea, or if there are lots of drusen and they're clustered very close together that's when the patients notice some distortion.
0: So what do patients notice first? I know it's a very slow onset, but what's the first symptom that somebody may notice?
1: Sometimes it's just general blurriness. They're not quite sure how to describe it, but sometimes the symptoms are more specific. For example, distortion of vision. And so when they look at a straight line, it may appear wavy. Sometimes there's parts of the vision uh, that are missing. And that might correspond with areas of atrophy of the retina where cells aren't working well, for example.
0: This is considered a condition found in elderly patients. Do you ever see it in younger individuals?
1: We do see some types of, and I'm going to be very careful what I call it here, I'm going to call it some degenerations or dystrophies in the macula in younger patients. But that is very, very different to what we know as age-related macular degeneration. So if the patient's over 55, I will call it ARMD or age-related macular degeneration. If the patient is under 55, then I really think very hard for an alternative diagnosis. And there are many things that can look like macular degeneration in young patients, but also in older patients as well.
0: Okay. The patients I've seen have had it in both eyes. Uh, Does this typically start in one eye and then involve both or can it be unilateral
1: macular degeneration is typically a bilateral disease it may be progressing at different rates in in each eye for example one eye may be dry and the other may have turned to the wet kind but there's a high chance of it turning to the wet kind in the other eye then as well in the future
0: Can you go into more detail in terms of the difference between the wet and dry macular degeneration and which which of the two is more common?
1: The more common is the dry macular degeneration. And when you look at the retina, that can range anywhere between, you know, having a few drusen to having lots of drusen and to having atrophy as well. Atrophy are like little islands where the retinal cells have been lost. And um, when these islands are big, it's called geographic atrophy. And dry macular degeneration is quite common. And again, when someone says they have dry macular degeneration, we don't really know if that's the very early kind with the drusen or if it's the more advanced kind where sometimes patients can have you know, large islands of cells lost. Sometimes patients come to see me and they may have had the dry for a while and then Surprisingly for them, they convert to the wet kind. And then they ask, well, do we have both kinds? And and the answer is yes, that dry is always there. But in addition to the dry, the patients may develop an unwanted blood vessel. And that can cause serious consequences. It can bleed and it can leak fluid. And um, if it's not controlled, uh, patients can lose a lot of vision.
0: Is there any thoughts as to what causes this? Is is it ultraviolet light exposure or just a normal result of aging? Any ideas?
1: So not everybody who ages gets macular degeneration. So it's definitely not a normal aging process, but there are many, many factors that come into play to contribute to macular degeneration. I would say that the one we can't control at the time being is genetics. Much more likely to get it if family members, your parents, have macular degeneration. But there are other factors as well that can contribute. Smoking, for example, can make macular degeneration much worse. Exposure to ultraviolet light, again, can make it worse. And I would say that the risk is higher in Caucasian patients and patients of northern European descent. So um, I, I guess to summarize that, I would say that genetics is probably the primary factor. But there are other factors as well that are contributing, some of which uh, we can control.
0: Well, since we can't choose our parents, it seems like we can have some effect on the amount of ultraviolet light we get. Does, do sunglasses help? Any thought on that? Yeah.
1: So we advise our patients to wear sunglasses that block ultraviolet light. You know, UV light does damage the retina and the less we get of it in the retina, the better. One other thing we advise our patients uh, is about diet. So uh, the Mediterranean diet, which constitutes of oily fish, you know, salmon, sardines, a lot of uh, pulses and grains, and certainly a lot of you know, colored and leafy vegetables, in that Mediterranean diet has really been shown to help slow down macular degeneration. Now, there have been studies looking at fish oil. Many patients don't like fish and so wouldn't it be great if they could take fish oil capsules and just like other studies in medicine and in cardiology fish oil just doesn't do the same thing that the mediterranean diet does so so really you know we highly recommend a very very colorful plate on the dinner table
0: all right the typical patient with macular degeneration how do they progress is this something that's pretty stable over time are, are some progressing faster than others? What, what's the typical rate of progression of this?
1: So many patients don't even know they have macular degeneration when it's uh, early on. And certainly some people do go for regular eye exams and, and, and get screened. And so in most patients, we don't actually know the date of onset of that first druse. Um, It does progress extremely slowly, but you definitely notice that in patients who smoke or have uh, a poor diet, that it progresses much quicker.
0: So as an ophthalmologist, how do you diagnose this? Is it just a fundoscopic exam and you've established the diagnosis? Do you have to do any other testing?
1: So in most cases, it's looking at the retina. We have uh, many instruments, including a uh, slit lamp, indirect ophthalmoscope, and uh, many different lenses that help magnify the retina. So most cases are diagnosed that way. When we want to be sure if there's fluid or if there's blood and if there are subtle signs, we will go further and do a test called an OCT, and that's an optical coherence tomography test. It's it's like a scan of the retina, takes a few minutes to perform, is non-invasive, but really gives us a fantastic view of all the retinal layers. And so that would really be the next step. Uh, We also do another test in uh, new patients that have wet macular degeneration. That test is called a fluorescein angiogram. And so patients get some uh, yellow dye injected into the vein that circulates into the eye and the retina, lasts about 24 hours. And that dye really shows us if there's a new blood vessel growing And uh, where it is and and what type it is, if it's under the retina, over the retina, and the size. It gives us a lot of useful information.
0: Part of my uh, practice in the past was in uh, nursing homes and assisted living facilities. And I recall in all of the rooms, at least in the assisted living facilities, they had this grid posted on the wall by the door. And then when I asked what that was for, and they said, what's for detection of macular degeneration? Tell us about that. What are they talking about?
1: So that grid is called an Amsler grid. It's extremely popular. And the thought behind it is, you know, most patients will not notice a subtle change in vision, especially if they're using both eyes at once. And so the first thing the grid makes you do is cover up one eye and test each eye individually. And the grid looks like a crossword puzzle with a dot in the center, and you have to cover up one eye and look at the dot in the center and look at those lines. You know, do they appear distorted? Are there parts missing? For example, are there parts that are blacked out? Um, and then we do it in the other eye and it makes patients test each eye individually and makes them look for subtle uh, distortion. And we ask patients to draw on the grid what they're seeing and then next time they can notice or document any changes.
0: All right, well, let's change the topic a little bit to treatment. What uh, treatment options are available for macular degeneration?
1: So we have some really fantastic treatment options, and that's the great news about this. In the past, the treatments were not that great, and I'm gonna talk now first about wet macular degeneration. So in the past, historically, patients had a blood vessel in the center of the retina. The only way to close it down was to laser the center of the retina to destroy the blood vessel, And yes, it would stop it from growing, but unfortunately it would cause a blind spot for the patient. And the thought is that the blind spot would be smaller than if you just let the uh, blood vessel grow. What I want to emphasize here is that some patients are reluctant to have treatment because their parents may have had a retina that was lasered and they may have had a poor outcome. And that's really not the case today. So today in 2021, we have excellent choices of drugs to inject directly into the eye. And uh, it's a very tiny needle. And we inject the, the drug into the vitreous cavity, which is the jelly in the back of the eye. And the medicine makes its way into the retina and actually melts down that unwanted blood vessel. So you don't really get the blind spots from any treatment like we did in the past. So we call these drugs anti VEGF. VEGF stands for vascular endothelial growth factor. And that's one of the growth factors in the eye that's elevated when you have macular degeneration and the drugs block the molecule VEGF and help melt away the blood vessel. So that's the good news.
0: So is that for wet macular degeneration or for both?
1: Yeah. So that is for wet macular degeneration. That's for when you have a blood vessel. Patients do need frequent treatment. I tell my patients that this is like any drug you take. If you have high blood pressure, you'll need to take a pill every day. If you have diabetes, you may have to take injections even more than once a day. But the good news is that this injection in the eye is given initially once a month. And then as patients do well and we see stability and melting away of the blood vessel, in many patients we can extend the treatment interval to six, eight, 10, and even 12 weeks. So it is a lifetime of treatment. Again, the treatment is is a therapy. It's not a cure. It's not a one-time cure, but hopefully in the future, we will have those one-time cures. But for now, it's really important for patients to be very engaged in understanding their disease and in receiving uh, the injections. And in terms of outcomes with these injections, we have about a third of patients whose vision improves, and we have over 90% who do not get any worse and who remain stable or improved.
0: So the goal is really stabilization of the condition, right?
1: That's the goal. But one in three get better. And of course, the sooner that you detect changes in your vision, blurriness, distortion, and the sooner you present to your ophthalmologist, the more likely it is that you're going to get treatment early and that you're going to get less damage in the long term. So I would say that early detection is key.
0: Okay. But... The majority have dry macular degeneration. Do you have anything to offer them?
1: That's a great point. So uh, dry macular degeneration is a very, very hot area now in uh, ophthalmology and in retina and with the companies that are helping us make these new drugs of the future. So right now, all we can offer today is that patients take a vitamin twice a day. The vitamin is known as the AREDS2 vitamin. AREDS stands for age-related eye disease study number 2 and there is a mixture of vitamins such as vitamins A, C and E and you know copper lutein and that mixture of vitamins has been shown by clinical trials conducted by the National Institute of Health to slow down the dry macular degeneration now what we have in the pipeline now in late stage clinical trials are drugs to slow down the rate of growth of atrophy. As I mentioned earlier in dry macular degeneration, the cells die and it forms islands of cells that aren't working. And those islands can get bigger and bigger with time. And these new injections that hopefully will be approved should help slow down the growth. Now they won't reverse it, but hopefully should slow it down. So they're not approved yet. There's a lot of work ongoing in the area. And uh, many of these inhibit a molecule called complements. So they're complement inhibitors.
0: I've had some patients who have friends with macular degeneration and they are taking this vitamin cocktail to prevent macular degeneration. But is there really any evidence that it prevents it or has it just shown that it prevents progression once you have it?
1: that's a great question, and I get that a lot from my patients. So the ARIDS-2 vitamin is most effective when a patient has intermediate dry macular degeneration. So I'm not talking one or two drusen here. We're talking quite a few drusen in the center of the macula, and that's really when it works. So for patients with very early macular degeneration, we don't recommend it. And for family members, again, we don't recommend it. What I do recommend for those patients is lifestyle changes, Mediterranean diets, exercise, avoiding UV lights, wearing sunglasses, and uh, avoidance of smoking or being in smoky environments.
0: Sophie, to summarize then, can you give us maybe two or three key points that kind of reflect our discussion on macular degeneration?
1: The age-related macular degeneration is very common. In patients over the age of 55, it constitutes the dry type and the wet type. For the dry type, right now, we recommend the AREDS2 vitamins to slow it down. And for the wet kind, there are injections given into the eye starting monthly, but maybe with time, we can extend the interval between injections. And they need to be given uh, right now for a lifetime. They help melt away any unwanted blood vessels and stabilize macular degeneration and reduce vision loss. So I would say it's important to detect macular degeneration of any type early, important to follow up with your ophthalmologist and get the recommended uh, treatments at the intervals that are recommended.
0: We've been discussing macular degeneration with Dr. Sophie Bakri, an ophthalmologist at the Mayo Clinic. Sophie, thank you so much for sharing this knowledge with us. Uh, It was a great topic. I learned a lot.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Chutka.